on the proposal from all the authorities in Essex as to the number of refugees they were prepared to take, uh, we were the only council which, uh, which offered positively to, to take refugees. And uh, I must confess I did berate the rest of the uh, uh, community, along with our chief executive, for basically not standing up but in the same way that we had and that we'd be looked to doing even more because I felt that the refugees, particularly in the longer term, added a significant amount to the life of the community, going back to 40 years ago when we took in a number of Vietnamese families. Any further questions, Councillor Cristiani? As I say, I've got minor comments, so I'll, I'll pass them over to you and then we can sort of bear them in mind. But overall, I was happy that, you know, more generally, this scrutiny committee has asked for more detail and it's got it. Can I just thank you on behalf of the committee for the diligence of the work you've put in on this particular item? Thank you. Councillor Sell then will take thank more you. general questions and comments. Councillor Hargraves may be uh, surprised to hear that I'm going to congratulate him. Um, and I, I, to be fair, if you're doing something right, I will say so. And if you're not, I will also say so. You may not like it, but uh, I'm saying that that £50,000 for neighbourhood plan is a good investment, uh, declaring interest as the member of the Stansted Neighbourhood Plan Working Group. I think members of the working group have felt we haven't had as much support from the District Council as we've liked. We understood the pressures that officers were under. And so I think I, I, certainly members of the neighbourhood planning group would like more information at, about what that money is going to be used for because we have tapped into localities. I think we've used all the money that could be used and we are not as far advanced as first did. Uh, we haven't got to the referendum stage by any means yet, but we're getting there. And I've tried to urge upon colleagues that in the absence of the local plan, neighbourhood plans become even more important. So uh, hopefully, Councillor Hargraves, you'll be able to supply more information, not now perhaps, but at some point, because I think people would be interested who are still working their way forward. Thank you. Any other questions or comments on the corporate plan? Councillor Driscoll. Yes, I'd like to go to... Sorry, I'll get myself in a minute. Champion for our district. Um... There is something happening at the moment. I can't remind, are they working or not? Um, there, there is um, something going on at the moment. I want to talk about 2A. Conduct a wholesale review of school transport to understand the gap in provision of what ECC provides. I, I think we need to look at the whole subject of... Um, school transport in the way that Essex are actually providing it and what they're not providing. So can Councillor Lodge actually do what it says in the theme, champion for our district on school transport, actually elect somebody to look into the facts that have been found over the last three to four weeks and see where we can go some influence on what is happening at Essex. And that, that's all I'd like to say at the moment. Thank you. Councillor Lodge, any observations as it's a particularly um, timely question? It is indeed, yes. We will we'll do our very best to, uh, to, to, uh, to champion that cause. As I think we've, we've made a pretty good start on it. Thank you. And would that include... Uh, applying some officer time to this matter as well as the time and efforts of members? I'll consult on that. Thank you. Councillor Caton. Can I just ask Councillor Lodge whether there is going to be any kind of indication of time scales on some of these aspirations in the corporate plan? I'm not asking for great details. I mean, maybe early, medium and late kind of achievements as a goals in the four-year term? Yes, the delivery plan will, will, will spell that out. Further questions on the corporate plan or can we move on to another component? 
I'm going to take that as a scent. Would you care to go next on uh, the commercial strategy, Councillor Caton, or would you prefer to go last? If you would, that'd be awfully kind. You have to excuse me for not being completely fair as to where where it may be explained. I mean, I can I can explain it. <laughs> yeah. um, the issue is, of course, that um, over the uh, over the period of this this administration, we're looking at, uh, at getting to a loss of around about sorry a deficit of around about five five million pounds. Um, we've looked at how we can address this. I think, in fact, the previous limit on uh, investment was £120 million, but uh, not 100% sure on that, but it was down at that level. It wasn't 100. Uh, we've looked at the types of investment, the types of return that we're going to get from those investments, uh, and it was the decision then of the investment board that we needed that much higher level of investment to generate uh, the the money that was that was needed to make up for the um, um, a couple of things really obviously we 've talked about the fact that central funding has been withdrawn uh, but also um, councillor Hargreaves has produced uh, figures on this recently the the, the, the failure to keep up with um, the inflation in council tax recently uh, over really the last four years has meant that we are, the council tax take is round about a million pounds short of what it uh, it might have expected to have been so we, we're having to make up for uh, for that uh, gap as well please continue councillor Kate Thank you. Uh, the, the, uh, the other kind of substantive question I, I want to make, ask is there is a mention here of the uh, commercial protocol. Uh, are you able to tell us when that will be uh, published or available? Or maybe Mr Webb can help us there. I'll try and answer that, Chair. The, the protocol will develop, be developed by the Investment Board, and I would suggest as soon as the two independent members are appointed, which the adverts are due to go out, hopefully early next week, um, working with them, that will be developed then. It will, it will set out. Once we have the strategy approved, that will be turned into a protocol of what the investments should look like. So as soon as this goes through Council and we get the independents appointed, we'll be looking at the protocol. Thank you. Um, and finally, on uh, paragraph 27, it says uh, a suite of KPIs will be developed by the Investment Board for reporting by the SBR companies on a quarterly basis. Are we not expecting the uh, wholly owned 
investments uh, <coughs> held by the council to make the similar kind of uh, uh, reporting uh, to the board. I mean, surely we should be having a level playing field. I would think that's reasonable. I mean, maybe that's. Uh, it may just be a time, the, I think uh, it, should, it shouldn't just cover a spa, should it, uh, Mr. Webb? No, it, it will cover it will cover all investments, um, and the suite of KPIs will be. There's a set of government recommended ones, so that you can compare council to council rather than just have ones that suit yourselves. Thank you. That, that's all I, I have. Thank you, Councillor Caton, and may I thank you as I thank Councillor Crisioni for your um, diligence and attention to detail on this matter. Other members, questions on the commercial strategy? Can, can I just come back? I assume that there will be the council will be asked to approve the first 300 million limit. Is it or? Are, they, are we going to ask them to do it in, in principle for 300 and then going back every time we have an investment to, to have a... So, <laughs> so if, if, if I can just answer that then. Um, the full council will approve the strategy and the strategy is up to 300 million. For each investment opportunity that will come to council for a separate vote and approval of allocating some of that 300 million for that investment. Thank you. Other members? Excellent. We'll move on. Medium-term financial strategy. Um, if I may, I have a few questions on this. Um, Mr. Webb has seen these questions in advance, so that may be of value. Uh, page 31, paragraph 11... Subparagraph A, increases in charges, 2% for fees and charges except where special arrangements apply. Is that 2% a statutory limit and are we recovering all of the costs where there are such chargeable services, please? Perhaps I can deal with some of these questions. I've been uh, shared with questions that you, you, you sent in. Um, the first the first but it's it's a forecast uh, and not not a cap on the on the two percent uh, and you asked what additional revenue can be gained where special arrangements apply and those special arrangements are examples of car park charges and taxi licenses uh, taxi licenses I'm not entirely sure about that because licensing costs have just been given a pretty hefty increase I know because we've got uh, bus operator in, in, in my ward who came lobbying about it and I passed on his comments but anyway um, and my understanding is on licensing um, really we are only supposed to charge what the service costs to provide it's not, a, not an opportunity to make money for the council and obviously we don't want to push people out of business with us I'm not quite sure that that's perhaps a good example on here. Are you content that we are recovering the full costs? Uh, I think that was I asked um, Councillor, who was Councillor in charge of licensing previously. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think the figures do show that. Uh, the reason they were, if you're interested, the reason it was increased was actually because to have greater scrutiny, uh, particularly for personal safety related to taxes, um, there have been instances elsewhere in the country which you'd be aware of. Um, moving to car parking charges, yes, on that we can do what we like. Um, we do make substantial income from that. However, I would suggest if I ask for volunteers around the room to put their hand up to, to spearhead the increase in car parking charges, I'm guessing you have a we have a volunteer. <laughs> that, uh, you do indeed. It's been a hobby horse of mine for some years, not, as not a number of members know. May that be noted then, please. I have to say... Um, my wife's view, by the way, is don't bother going to a town where the parking is free. I suspect the traders might disagree with that, but uh, there's an aspect there of go to a place that's busy where the car park is full. Uh, so that maybe answers on that. Um, 
If I go through the rest of your questions, you've got one about... There's one on uh, gross service income, which falls between 2021 and 2021 That's right, that's on. That's still in, this, in the paragraph 11. I haven't got page numbers on my copy. Um, that one is because we got in 2021, we got... Um, one-off receipts, £150,000 for the elections for the police crime and fire crime and, and yeah. that one, £150,000 for homelessness and a 35000 for the museum. So they were one-offs um, in, in 2021, so that's why it's, it's, it's gone down again. And I'm guessing the, regular, the rest of it is just a, a generic 2%, 2% growth. Good question. Um, we've got a problem now in finding an affordable site to actually move the waste depot to. So at the moment, we're having to make the assumption that we won't be moving. Uh, at the moment, we haven't got sufficient reserves to add to this, to, to up the reserve to make that viable. So for the minute, that's just a holding position that we carry on. And really, we haven't got a decision on that. So that's sort of no answer. If you were not to move the depot, would that release those sums? And would that aid the situation? Or is not moving the depot not a viable option? Uh, I am not an expert on the depot. Perhaps Mr. Webb uh, can give you a... Not, yeah, not moving the depot is not an option. We have to find somewhere, um, but it's an expensive process in building a new depot. A new depot is in the region of six to seven million. Goodness. Um, page, page 40, housing revenue account. Bad debt provision. It's constant at 100,000. Uh, for the next couple of, or throughout the planning period. Um, what are the actuals as opposed to the forecast, please? Uh, there, we, we don't really have much of a problem actually, actually collecting uh, the, 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 the revenue. Um, however, um, it's obviously prudent, we're not expected to collect all this, so it's prudent to have this, this budget every, every year. Um, my understanding is it doesn't particularly get used and it just gets reset each time. And I think that probably the the, the underspend on this, this budget just goes back into the pot. So we've got a pretty good record on it. So uh, I can't give you exact figures, but I think uh, the collection is good. Thank you. My final question, and I apologise for the extreme geekiness of these questions. Uh, the recharge from general fund to the housing revenue account falls by 318,000 this year and then falls further. Um, why, please? Is that related to the proposed Norsk transfer? Uh, short answer, yes. Uh, but the first year that you're looking at, that's got some charges of setting, setting the thing up. So that's, that's a high one. Uh, and then after that, uh, yes, it, it, it's come down slightly. And... Um, Obviously, Norse is not the purpose is not to save particularly to save money. It is to provide quality and reliability on the, on the service. So it's it's Norse which is the the issue there. Thank you very much. Um, that concludes my questions. Other questions from members? Councillor Caton first. Councillor Sell. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I, I, I'm having looked at the cabinet papers. I see that there were. The, the, the housing capital program uh, was included, but it's not included in the, the mid-term financial strategy papers. So I will use this opportunity to ask uh, about a capital uh, program issue. I see, and I understand that the government have um, allows us to increase the rents. Uh, for this year uh, by 1% one, 1%, uh, and subsequent years and it, that means that uh, uh, our income goes up quite substantially uh, in this year and 
future years uh, and I'm concerned to see in the capital programme that the housing, our council house programme seems to taper out towards the end of this kind of five year period. I think we've got schemes on the uh, in, in stream or on stream for the next couple of years but then after that we uh, don't seem to have any in, in the development pipeline and with this increased in income I'm sure we are capable of borrowing some more money so that we can continue our good work on um, building more council houses in, in the district. I, I just would like to urge the administration to give some consideration about uh, house building uh, in years two, two to five. Thank you. Councillor Sell. Chairman, I'd just like to comment on one item, General Fund Reserves Economic Development, and it's a genuine question. And Simon Jackson does and others do is to help self-employed people um, get into business. I don't know as to how much the service is has been valued. I think it has been, and whether is there any justification for if we are able to increase the level of funding. So I'm really asking: has there been any analysis of the service provision? All services are constantly under review. The, um, the service in question has a five-year business plan, I think, itself, and there's an allocation of about 160,000 per annum off the top of my head for them to actually do the work they need to do. So, yes, it's constantly under review, and there is a good budget associated to that work. If I may just add to that, I'm not sure if there are any robust performance metrics and if there are, that would be uh, pleasant. But my experience is that the economic development team is astonishingly effective on yeah. remarkably small amounts of money and a small team. Yes, I come back, Chairman. I, I would agree with that, what I've seen. And uh, it would be nice to get, have some sort of evidence base as to the value that the service is providing and whether there is any room that we could do any more because as I said we do know that there's a large number of people who are doing homeworking in Uttlesford the number of people who are self-employed are quite significantly above the national average and I think you're quite right chairman limited resources are doing a lot but should we are we able to give any more resources that's an open question 
Chief Executive. So, if I may, Chair, so um, sometimes it can be incredibly hard to ascertain whether the outputs from a team such as the Economic Development Team uh, are actually the um, cause of business growth or people moving into the district. There's quite a big... So uh, certainly outputs are measured, So uh, and uh, members may be aware of how much uh, the Economic Development Team have... Um, attracted into the district of um, grants which were available under the EU previously and of course we will be targeting the shared prosperity funds if a similar opportunity arises when we know the details. So it's quite difficult and and at one level you could you could sink as much money if you, as you've got into economic development. So there is there is just a balancing act for the council in amongst its other priorities uh you know the team are really very effective and and very much appreciated um but it's quite difficult to say if we doubled the size of the team would we you know increase the number of businesses into the district by x because often it's long-term conversations you know there can be a uh, a business breakfast that introduces two businesses to each other and two or three years down the line uh you know they increase their business to business but can you relate that? So um, at the end of the day, it's often a balancing act uh, of what amount of resources available uh, and what, and, and, but making sure that what we do use is used really effectively and the team do that. Very briefly, Chairman, because I think Mr Jackson has now got what he's had to have for a while, car parking added to his duties. And, of course, that, you could argue it's part of economic development, but I think the car parking for I judge... Um, can be quite time-consuming in his own way doing the surveys. Councillor Lodge, you wanted to make an intervention. Yeah, I was going back one point on the uh, uh, social housing. Um, the administration has uh, an ambition to move from, I believe it was 120 new homes in the last administration to, uh, to 200 in this one. So uh, it was really an answer to, to the question there. We, uh, we do have an ambitious programme. Thank you. Any further comments from members on the medium-term financial strategy? Then Councillor Hargreaves. Um, just a couple of points from me. So... Uh, what It's on there, but not there. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, just for my own information, what is the transformation budget for? Do we have any idea of when our EU exit budget will fall away and go somewhere else? <laughs> um, and then I had one more, and it's gone. Ah, so there, there's an there's an element of ring fence reserved at the t reserves at the top of page 38 obviously part of planning is ring fenced is that not split in the way that it's reported uh, so if i take the eu exit um, budget first uh, so Obviously, we need to monitor very carefully the um, negotiations that take place over over the uh, forthcoming months uh, because we may need to prepare for uh, the arrangements post the transition arrangements, so the new, the new relationship uh, that we will have. So um, that may be... Uh, that will be used to prepare businesses to the extent that we need to help them uh, understand what the new regulatory framework might be. We obviously have to understand the impact for import-export and our responsibilities at the airport. Um, there may be further uh, economic development opportunities, so we need to promote the opportunities uh, of the new trading relationship with businesses. Um, so uh, that money will be used and uh, to... Um, prepare both the organisation uh, and also uh, the community uh, for the opportunities uh, that, that may present themselves. So uh, we expect, but we will need to monitor that carefully because it might be that that isn't enough. It depends on the scale of change uh, that we might see post December 31st. So, uh, but that's how it, the reserve will be released to uh, match the resource requirements as we monitor those going forward. Yeah. Thank you. Just to go back, something is sort of vaguely related to the social housing, but not directly. It's actually on the 
the new homes bonus which is now locked in the government figure for this coming financial year that came out slightly higher than expected um, one of the factors that goes into that is how many homes we've brought back into use I haven't got the figure in front of me it was a very large number and I was mightily impressed and we got one in our village so I'm looking at Councillor Gerard for the benefits of the, uh, the audio that's been derelict for 30 years willfully left derelict now being lovingly rebuilt it looks quite good uh, so uh, we've, as well as the social housing there's been a, clearly an effort uh, to bring uh, houses back into use uh, and it's, uh, it's given us a little bit of a payback If Chair I pick up the other two questions I think Councillor Chrissy only had around the transformation reserve <coughs> that as it suggests, is for us to transform the way we work as a council. That can be development of new systems, new processes. It can also, unfortunately, be the consequence of those sort of things and potentially uh, implications for staff as we move forward. It stays constant throughout the programme, not that we aren't using it, but it's used on a project-by-project project basis, and each, each project is justified. So at the moment, we have no projects. They come up all the time, and we reduce it accordingly. So that's how the transformation reserve works. The planning reserve, uh, you will see when you get the Section 25 report for Cabinet, there's a bid on reserve strategy as a whole, and each reserve is set out for its purpose. The planning reserve, off the top of my head, has three, which is for appeals. Uh, that's the general normal appeals, not anything that may arise from decisions in the last few weeks. Local plan costs can come out of there and so can the airport related costs. So it's not split but it has three things. There's also a small amount in there for neighbourhood plan work. Um, so the, the number that, count, that the finance portfolio holders spoke about is, is allocated in there. So that's the purpose of them. I think you're, talk, you're talking about the extra 20% fee that we receive. That has to be spent not in the planning service, but in the delivery of the planning service. So, I mean, that can include things like the environmental health around the noise implications of a planning application. So it's, it's much wider than just a planning reserve, and it is actually allocated and spent every year on because that's a requirement. It has to be spent, as you say, in its entirety. It can't be pushed off anywhere else. So it is used every year in its entirety.
reading lots of uh, financial uh, papers for the cabinet and, and one of them said that the business rates retention rate is now 75 percent in 2022 uh, i'm sure that we don't get 75 percent of that business rate what is the actual rate that we we actually get as a district because most of it goes to the county doesn't it actually it says in the document here that it that it is that it's 40 percent what it doesn't say is actually that there is a levy on top of that which redistributes that elsewhere and actually we get very little of it at all uh, i haven't got the figure in front of me it is very very little uh, the 75 percent is maybe what we might get in the uh, future but that would then be uh, discounted down again that is the reason why we're not presuming that any increase uh, particularly in the business rates retention uh, this is all supposed to be done dealt with years ago it was a big party conference thing oh we're going to get 100 percent of business rates uh, it was never delivered uh, and therefore the budget has to assume going forward that we're not going to get anything if we do that will be great but, but can you what is the, the amount that we get as a percentage of the the business rates payable in the district that's the question um, off um, off the top of my head we collect somewhere in the region of 45 million of business rates and we retain 2.8 million Thank you. Are there any further questions on the medium-term financial strategy? Right. Does anybody have any, shall we say, in-the-round questions about the three documents together? Excellent. In that case, may I profusely thank Mr. Webb, Ms. French, Councillor Lodge and Councillor Hargreaves for their enormously informative answers to the very detailed questions we've had. Thank you all very much indeed. Item 7, Planning Obligations and Conditions Task Group. It's you again, Councillor Crisione. seem to be speaking a lot this <laughs> evening, Chair. Uh, I'll try and keep it quite brief, actually. So we had a, a very productive meeting last Wednesday, uh, Councillor Gerard Jones, uh, me, Nigel Brown and Alistair um, to discuss moving this forward and moving this forward at pace given the, uh, given the deadline of the 10th of March which we are aiming to respect. Um, first of all, thank you very much to Councillor Evans for the work that he did prior to uh, moving on and moving up. Um, we are continuing with officer interviews, research, studies as we pull together our report and recommendation ready for that meeting in March. Uh, as you know, we're focusing on previous practice and frameworks in place, interaction with the community and their representatives in relation to those obligations, uh, and then where we should be aiming with a set of, uh, with a set of recommendations. Um, over the last few months uh, and in the meeting last week, our discussions have rooted out some very interesting points that we're hoping to address in our report. Um, they in turn revolve around developer contribution guidance documents and the potential for one going forward uh, in the absence of a local development plan. Um, early engagement and inclusion of councillors uh, in this place and also in parishes across the district to ensure a joined up approach and using tools such as neighbourhood planning to further clarify what is possible uh, in relation to this particular issue. Um, we also discussed in, in detail the ideas around SEAL and how this will ensure equality in developer contributions and proper mitigations from all levels and scales of development. Uh, we need to consider, I feel, and this will be very apparent in our report, uh, how we might accelerate this programme, given that it would be unwise to now twin-track it with any new local plan and potentially miss out on the potential of SEAL uh, in, in any case. Um, lastly, we're looking at how planning obligation monitoring intervention and enforcement can be best carried out and how post-development reviews can promote a more comprehensive approach to future frameworks and mitigation measures such as Section 106 agreement. Uh, as I say, we're working hard to get to the 10th of March committee. We've got a questionnaire going out imminently to uh, 
uh, district councillors. If all members of the scrutiny committee didn't uh, respond to that question, I'd be really, really upset. Uh, <laughs> but more widely, uh, all members of the council, and then also representatives of parish councils to give them, uh, to give us their views on on uh, developer contributions. That's my update as I have it. I'm more than happy to sort of cede to my colleagues in that regard if they've got anything to add. So, as I understand it, but I'm happy to provide members with a written answer if I'm wrong uh, tomorrow uh, to correct it, but my understanding is that, of course, at the moment, uh, so your SIL is based on your infrastructure requirements for the district. So, we currently in the Emerging Local Plan have a list of infrastructure. We have an infrastructure delivery plan, and therefore the SIL would be linked to that of course so um, if the council decides to um, proceed with the emerging local plan then that would be the basis on which the seal can be constructed if the uh, council decides to withdraw the plan and to effectively commence a new local plan then we'd have to understand what is the infrastructure delivery that would be required to deliver that which would be from that which the seal can be calculated. That wasn't very good English. Apologies there. Did that, did that make sense? But, but that, that really then is another reason why one might want to continue the existing local plan Sorry, um, if I can just uh, add my understanding of the situation, and I confess that I hadn't completed my research uh, on SIL before uh, handing over my responsibilities to the, uh, the new uh, task and finish group. Uh, but I think I'm right in saying that SIL, while it has to be referable to, as the Chief Executive says, to um, requirements, I don't think there's anything to prevent us, actually, from looking at those requ requirements as they currently stand in the current plan. So while we might not um, achieve all of the items which are on the wish list, let's say, in the emerging plan, uh, that doesn't prevent us from looking back in time to what is already there. Uh, and it may be that the current group will be considering uh, approaching matters on that basis. Chair. Might. Um, we did actually discuss this with Mr. Brown, um, and it is something that I brought up uh, last on, on the local plan uh, working group earlier. We are facing another two to three years of speculative development um, in villages like Newport and others that have lots of smaller developments. I think SIL is vitally important. Um, so one of the questions, obviously, with Council Hargreaves is, we need to make sure that we have the resources to, um, if we are going to go down the street, which I think we are, to make sure that we can administer um, the, the, the process. But more importantly, um, 
to act on the cumulative impact of development in places like Newport and other villages where there are going to be impacts and we're not going to get it out of 106s. So that's part of our, I think that's part of our work and certainly anything that we uh, get out of that, there may well be financial impacts, I don't know. I suspect there's some buffer in, in, in the budget for any extra resources required. But um, I, I do think that it is important, particularly with regards to, uh, we've got two and a half years, so we need to sort it out, yeah. If I can add, uh, I've probably um, sort of generalised in my mentioning of SIL in that one of the action points was uh, from our meeting last week was to go and approach Jeremy, who's, uh, I can't remember his last name, Jeremy uh, Pine, uh, who's uh, essentially owning SIL for the council. Yes. Um, so we definitely need to have a conversation with him. We're not as a group at that level of detail to be you know, offering recommendations at this point on SIL, but I think we'll be a lot further down the line once we've had a chat with him. I think we'll be greatly illuminated by your report on the 10th of March, and we should perhaps defer discussion until then. Um, any further comments? Councillor Driscoll. Yeah, it's just more of a question, really, because... As much as I said when I um, was elected to the council is I don't want anything to do with planning. <laughs> However, it seems about 75%, as I said the other day, um, is to do with planning. Now, my um, interpretation of SIL is that it's to be used for infrastructure. Mm. So if somebody wants to build 50 houses on the edge of my village it's going to need infrastructure. Do we get that money under 106? If not, why have we not signed up to or whatever we have to do to this seal first? Because it's when we're not getting paid to put roads in, to put traffic lights in, to put roundabouts in, it's costing us money, costing Essex money, whoever's going to pay for it in the long run, they're not paying for it, so we end up with traffic congestion and accidents. So can someone explain why we don't collect it now? If I've got the right idea, that is. Chief Executive, <laughs> your starter for 10. <laughs> so um, even under the SIL arrangements, we would still have Section 106s, so... Uh, I know that sounds a bit confusing. So it isn't either or. Uh, they can sit side by side. So the, um, the direct mitigation for the impact of that development, so if it's the requirement for a new roundabout, new road junction, that would arise and would be required under a Section 106. So still traditionally, although there were um, changes to the regulations last year, um, SIL traditionally was in effect a, an estimate of the cumulative impact and would be applicable to every single house. So I can speak uh, with some knowledge about the Chelmsford SIL, uh, having worked there and also living there. So um, every house that is built in Chelmsford is subject to a SIL levy and that will be small amounts of money that go to uh, not just capital programmes like... Um, you know, uh, GP, GP surgeries, it will be for uh, uh, open space, community facilities, uh, you know, and all, all, the whole range of social fabric that keeps the community going. And of course, that wouldn't arise from the individual development of 50 houses because you couldn't say that the need arises for a community centre, for example, from 50 houses but a contribution to the burden that that would make on the local community facilities. And one of the challenges with Section 106 under the old regulations was that you couldn't um, combine Section 106 contributions from more than a number of developments. I can't remember if it's four or five, so apologies. Unless anybody can remember? I think it was five. So you couldn't then put together in your example, councillor, five developments of 50 houses and put all the 106s together to then make for a community facility using that example. But you can now, so the regulations have been amended. So, um, so 
what what we had done it was commissioned uh, external advisors to advise us on what would be the most appropriate way forward not necessarily moving to a seal but what would be the most appropriate way forward and what might it look like in light of the new regulations and in accordance with the emerging local plan and that's that's what's been put on hold but obviously the discussions are how do we get the best for the district over the coming uh, years so the reasons so uh, I understand the option of applying seal was considered some years ago um, and I don't know why it was rejected but we'll be able to provide that as a written response uh, because there will be officers who remember no. from a standing start that was a very impressive answer <laughs> Councillor Evans then Councillor Hargreaves Sorry, perhaps I could just add that um, SIL does actually bite upon developments other than just dwellings as well, so that if you had a warehouse or whatever, then uh, the tariff, if I can call it that, would, would actually bite upon that particular uh, development. Um, I think quite recently our consultants have actually gone out to our parish and town councils, uh, consulting them in relation to SIL, but that, of course, was prior to the receipt of the inspector's letter, so what is to be done now uh, upon it, I'm not quite sure. But uh, the reaction I did have from our parish council in Stebbing was it was actually quite a difficult consultation uh, questionnaire uh, to, uh, to, to answer, but uh, perhaps as members we might be, be aware of the fact that that consultation exercise has commenced. Uh, it's sort of two points, partly on neighbourhood plans and also partly on the, the process, the checklist process that I think we'll be looking for. Just on the neighbourhood plan, uh, for our one we had, it was still in draft, uh, we had worked out what the community wanted for various things and had costings. So that meant when we got an application, it was only for nine houses, we had something, you've got quite a short time frame to get your act together, having something there ready to run gives you a lot more weight uh, with getting the developer to agree to it uh, and also being said it's something from the neighbourhood plan it, it gives, gives weight to that uh, we did achieve things which I think would not have been achieved without having it in the neighbourhood plan but and this is the but bit coming that was entirely achieved in this particular case by myself and the chair of the parish council doing the negotiation so we got no assistance really from either Essex nor the UDC officer. In fact, the Essex one, we had to prevent the things which they wanted. They were unreasonable. Uh, they hadn't thought about it. They hadn't asked at all. Uh, there was a bit of an argy-bargy, but we effectively, in the end, we got what we wanted. So we need Essex involved uh, as well, please, uh, on this. Uh, we very much look forward to doing this so we can get a little bit of value from, from developers. I don't wish to constrain debate, but it's 22 minutes past nine, so we have 10 minutes before we need to formally extend the meeting. So there's some useful information for colleagues, if you wish it, um, on the planning and advisory service. Council Evans talked about parish councillors declaring interest as a parish councillor. As you may know, uh, under SIL, parish councillors uh, get some of the income from that development. And uh, Cornwall County Council have done a guide that is quite helpful aimed at town and parish councils in Cornwall, which is obviously applicable into other areas of the country. So there's a lot of information out there on SIL. Thank you. Councillor Driscoll? Yeah, so after that little 
roundabout, I'm assuming that there is nothing to stop us progressing still now. I'm putting it in place. In which case, I'd back uh, Councillor Cristoni and we should get on with it. Thank you. Any further observations or questions for Councillor Cristoni and his colleagues on this item? Thank you. Then let me move on to the penultimate item on the agenda. Uh, Airport-related parking task group, which I'll ask Councillor Caton to speak to. We need, as a committee, to approve the terms of reference, so I'll need a proposer and a seconder. But if I could just say in passing, I thought they were rather elegantly drafted. I'm not sure if that's Mr Glenday or if it's the members or both. Then my congratulations to Mr. Glenday and Mr. Orty. They are clear, precise, and circumscribed are my notes. Process, um, and we intend to uh, do some research on best practice or good practice elsewhere in the country and liaise with parish councils, particularly Little Canfield, who seem to be quite active in this area. And I think I'll leave it at that, unless my two colleagues want to add anything. Anything to add, gentlemen? No. Good. In that case, may I have a proposal for the motion to approve the terms of reference? Well, I suppose I'd better do that. <laughs> <laughs> Councillor Gayton, and may I have a seconder? Councillor Sell. All those in favour? Just an update on, on what's happening with the Planning Advisory Service. So the uh, consultant who's been allocated to do this, who is a, uh, a very experienced senior planner from um, a couple of different London boroughs, he attended the uh, both days of the Stansted application. So on the 10th and 17th, I think it was. Um, he uh, So he took a lot of notes from that, see how things work. They've been doing uh, background work on uh, seeing how we present things online and what are policies in place and so on and so forth for uh, determining major applications. As I mentioned earlier in the meeting, they're looking to come on site on something like the 24th and 25th of February to talk to various officers uh, and councillors um, so people will be notified within the next few days, I think, of that. Anyone who is not available, they will follow up by phone. They are also considering whether they wish to speak to uh, perhaps a parish council representative or two and perhaps also representatives from Stop Sanford Expansion. Um, following all that, they'll wrap it all up in a report, which, as I said earlier, should hopefully be uh, ready for the meeting in May, when hopefully the consultant will be able to come and present it and answer questions. Just to add... Um, my little group will be getting together for terms of reference. Uh, so we'll be doing that even though the, the thing is not coming out till later. But we'll do that with the, with the four members. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Um, Councillor Gerard. May One of the things that, that we do need to do is to actually possibly change the define what a major planning application is because I believe that there may be some confusion amongst officers and councillors on what the definition actually is. I think you can define it however you so wish. According to Mr. Brown, a major application is anything over 10 units, which I think is not what we're after here. So it's something that perhaps we need to discuss. Indeed. Right. Does anybody have any observations or remarks they'd wish to make in conclusion to the meeting? 
Good. In that case... I have just one. Oh, certainly. I think not only to look at the recording, but I think we should look at the microphones. So if I, if I do that all in one, actually, I'll, I'll come back to you. Okay. Excellent. Well, let me thank everybody for what I think has been a remarkably collegial meeting. Uh, with a great many very thoughtful contributions and one hour 57 minutes. Well done. <laughs> <laughs>